1: The Match Ball. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will give you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael's here as well. Hello. And so is Daniel Chapman, Moscow White. Hello. Well, we're nearly there. Game 37 of the season, the 1990 1991 season, relived game by game in real time, 30 years on, with a match ball on the 30th anniversary of each game as we chart from promotion to lifting the league title in 1992. It's been a great season and we've got the final home game at Ellen Road this season against bitter rivals, Sheffield United. Boo!
2: There were bitter rivals last season when they could have uh, kept us from coming up and ended up being second behind us. At the moment, though, I think we've uh, we've shown the difference in class over the last 37 games there. Um, They shouldn't go down, but they are... Messing around near the bottom of the table, whereas we are
1: messing around up the top because we're brilliant and they are trash. And um, let's have a look at the lineups then. Some uh, some interesting names in both lineups. I would say I mean Ellen Road looking resplendent today with nearly twenty nine thousand inside it. John Luke Kitchen goal for Leeds United with Mel Sterland, Glyn Snodding Chris Fairclough, and Chris White making up the back four. Midfield of David Batty, Andy Williams, Gary McAllister, Gary Speed. With Carl Schutt up front with Lee Chapman and Dylan Kerr and Bobby Davison on the bench. And in Sheffield United's lineup, one or two names you may uh, recognise and want to keep an eye on. Simon Tracy is in goal. Always an interesting character. David Barnes is playing with John Pemberton, Paul Beasley, Richard Lucas, Bob Booker, Jamie Hoyland, Brian Marwood, Vinnie Jones, Brian Dean, Tony Agana, and then on the bench, Mike Lake and Dane Whitehouse. Dave Bassett, their manager. Howard Wilkinson's very good friend.
2: If you remember, um, just over a year ago, we were playing them at Alland Road at Easter and the uh, the centre-spread poster of the programme was a photograph of the Bassett and Wilkinson families commingling in there. In, I'm, I'm not sure whose back garden it was. It was one or the other. but Maybe, they, sh- maybe
3: they share one. I bet Howard's got a nicer garden.
2: You'd think so. But yeah, to, to show how it should be a, a friendly Yorkshire rivalry, whereas this time it's all about... Um, the rivalry with vinny jones is the the friends up and down the m1 for this one
1: so nearly 29,000 inside the ground as we said but in total across the season 3 quarters of a million fans have attended ellen road which is is not bad going is it and what's that we can hear on the pa system today it's the new number 1 in the charts were you singing along share the Shoop yeah. Shoop song, yeah?
3: Oh, it's a belter, isn't it? I'm glad Chesney Hawks is off number one, to be honest. I'm a bit sick of hearing that one.
1: Yeah, five weeks that's spent at the top. I'm sure that's the last we'll hear from that song, anyway. I mean, to go
3: back to the 750,000 fans, I think what they've done there is they've added up the attendances, haven't they? It's not
1: individual fans. What, one game each across the season? <laughs> it, sounds, it seems unlikely, is all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, which is allowed, by the way. Have you heard of the concept of season tickets?
3: Yeah, yeah. I just think they're. Uh, Stretching the truth a bit by saying oh,
1: Duke, Duke 750,000
3: fans have been in. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some have been the same people.
1: And not a
2: hint of trouble out of any of them. That's the significant thing. Although there are a uh, Shoop Shoop song will be mixed with the requests to stay off the pitch at the end of this one because they don't want to, um, anything to interfere with the lap of honour. A teenage
1: Ben Fry barking
2: out the orders. But bearing in Please mind... Please stay off
1: the pitch. Please stay <laughs> off the pitch. Oh, you're on the pitch. Please get off the pitch.
2: Bearing in mind, a week before the season started, the FA basically said, any more trouble and we will close this club down entirely. And a few broken seats at Manchester City apart and a bit of a a ruckus that we'll blame on the other Manchester team when they came over.
1: Not a problem. Vinny is returning to Ellen Road. Bittersweet, isn't it? It's always bittersweet when they've um, left and you're coming back in a different coloured shirt. But he's obviously going to get a warm welcome because of, well, just how good he was for us. Um, the work that he did with Ludo as well, the disabled organisation, just um, an all-round uh, a top banana.
3: All forgotten the minute he fouls David Batty. <laughs> and he's quite rightly labelled a reject.
2: Yeah, see, Wilkinson predicted that uh, um, he'd get a warm welcome. This season our fans have been very appreciative of our opponents, whether they've been ex-Leeds players or anyone else. I don't know if he's just thinking, if he's ignored everything since uh, Roy Wigley's goal, which did get a, a round of applause. And I suppose people were kind of grudgingly quite nice about John Barnes I was going to tearing say, us to pieces. It lasted from early
1: in the season till all the way into April. It's not sure that every match in between was... Let's just say throughout
3: it was very welcoming. There was a lot of appreciation for Lee Sharp's let go. Yes. People certainly made their feelings <laughs> clear on it. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was It was all very uh, very nice at the start with everybody waving to each other and lots of Vinny chants. But then, um, yeah, he we went
1: in on Batty. United reject... It's all good. It was all good spirited, I like to think, anyway. Uh, so we were one up inside 11 minutes, continuing that theme of the early pressure and coming out of the blocks quickly for Leeds. And Mel Sterling, I mean, I think he always scores against Sheffield United with a direct from a free kick, doesn't he? Even when he miss hits it. I have no idea where this one goes in. I do. There's a full ball of people have there. Have you not seen who's in the wall, though? Have you seen who's in the wall? Who's the guy that just
3: inches aside? Have you seen? I mean, I. I tend to blame Simon Tracy, but he's the one in net,
1: isn't he? So I mean, it does go through a wall of five men, but the one that happens to shuffle to one side, Brian Dean. You know why he's done that, don't you? Elite him exactly. exactly. Had <laughs> a
3: word with Mel. Mystery solved. Call me Nancy Drew. Kick it straight at me and I'll move out of the way. I mean, Simon Tracy also doesn't make a particularly good effort at saving it, does he? It looks like it sort of goes under stroke through him.
1: Yeah, this is at the cop end. Uh, it's Mel, what is he, about 20, 25 yards out. He, he drills it sort of hard and low but it is entirely the fault of the wall because when it goes through the wall that's not working is it uh, Simon Tracy though he always adds that kind of slapstick element to everything does Simon Tracy because he's got the mullet which obviously flaps around when he's getting angry and remonstrating with his defence afterwards mullet well, it's
2: gone he, he turned up without it this year it's 1991 and he's finally cottoned on that having that uh, that abomination crawling down his neck is not the way forward he's uh, he's trying to be John Lukic just the bulk cup.
3: If you're gonna have a go at mullets
2: you've had a word with uh, snodding? I mean that but that's magnificent. That's <laughs> that's different. That's like telling I mean
1: that's not a mullet, that's a mane.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh go, Simon, go tell it to Simba. A Simon right. Tracy style mullet is out of fashion, but a Brian Adams style long hair looks perfect on Glenn.
3: He's got the leather jacket to go with it, hasn't he, as well. So it's it's a combo that works. And the Tash. Don't forget the Tash.
1: I mean we're poking fun at Simon Tracy, but he did make some good saves in this game, didn't he? Yeah, well, it's just, well
2: done for not letting everything in. It's just whenever Mel Sterling shoots at him, he shits himself. It's he, it's like when um, there'll have been some encroaching on his goal kicks just to frighten him, as we like to do. Go running at him. He doesn't like Ellen Road, Simon Tracy, but yeah, he, I
1: think Ellen Road likes him though.
2: He's he tends to be quite entertaining. Yeah, but yeah, he did. He got a save in Stop McAllister dived at his feet, and there was a, a Chapman header that he. He dived across to tip away from goal. Looked spectacular.
1: Um, not to mention the Chris Fairclough one as well. Probably a slightly better effort than um, than John Lukic put in for the equaliser. So yeah, it was 1-0 up to half time, but then early in the second half. Brian Marwood, do you see him um, eyeing that Nike shop as he drove through Leeds? Was there a Nike shop in 91? I wouldn't have thought so. He became an ambassador for Nike. That's that. I'm just it, making a really convoluted reference to that.
3: He did. He worked at um, Disney work for Man City now.
1: Yeah, he's Brian like Maldi the he's head like of uh, football, head of all sorts of stuff.
3: The World Football City thing. Glo- Globocop. That thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and- got, got in there through his Nike thing, didn't he? But yeah, here he is just being a basic bitch playing for Sheffield United.
1: <laughs> um, but he does score from a rebound that Lukic tips out from uh, one, what's that, that chap's name again, the guy who uh, parted the wall? Brian Dean. Brian Dean. It was classic Sheffield
2: United, this long ball from Tracy, Tony Agana flick on, and you've got Brian Dean in the channel I don't know why he um, he always seemed to make a habit of this. Did Brian Dean? But he's sort of is the word perpendicular to the goal. He's on the goal line essentially and tries shooting. It's always it's never going to go in. No, it's very but, um, it's very narrow, wasn't
1: it? Very acute angle. But
2: he did somehow manage to uh, bamboozle John Lukic.
1: It's not like you wouldn't have seen it coming as well because Sheffield United wearing that away kit is the luminous yellow one with red shorts and red socks. So the Watford kit. See him coming a mile. Well, it's what it's Watford next to a nuclear power station kit, isn't it? glowing uh and dino yeah down the right as a shot lukic tips it out dino that's what i think i'll, I'll end up calling him in future <laughs> it's probably what
2: uh brian bastard deed at this stage It's probably what bats called him at school isn't it yeah pembo that's...
3: pembo and bezo in this team as well <laughs> I remember
1: not to mention Nagano. yeah i mean no doubt he'll come on to play a big part in our future etc anyway yeah brian dean spies the league united net And he has a shot and it ends up going in via Brian uh, Brian Marwood's tap-in. Not great, but it only lasts for three minutes because Sheffield United, quite frankly, are shit. And this is a sensational goal by Carl Schutt on 56. I mean, talking about Simon Tracy shitting
2: himself whenever Mel Sterling shoots at him, I wonder how we felt when this ball started coming vaguely, sort
1: of in his direction, but not really. Just to talk you through this one, it is slightly insane. And we we saw um, a goal like this earlier in the season. Who was it that played that ridiculous back pass into, uh, into the mud trench area? down the middle of the pitch I can't remember who it was but it was almost identical to this and in the same area as well so it's in midfield and it breaks towards the west stand and Batty has it but he's a little bit sloppy isn't he in in possession and kind of just concedes possession in midfield and then well what does Bob Booker do? Uh, It's a moment of absolute madness I mean he
3: turns to he's got loads and loads of time with the ball it's not one of these where a defender's in a, a tight spot and they need to get rid of it he turns and looks presumably Cal Shutt running towards the goal isn't enough to put him off. And he just thinks, ah, probably fine. Simon's a good lad. He knows he'll he'll be straight onto this. And Simon Tracy, for his part, is completely stuck in the mud, just watching in horror as this ball's played through. Shutt runs at him. He just falls over, doesn't he? He doesn't make any particular effort to
1: take it off his toe or anything. Probably, probably, one. probably just got a bit angry in the wake of this, as Simon Tracy was prone to doing. But was there a moment where you thought when shutty goes round him and he kind of... Plays it early. There's almost an argument for him running it further in and taking a second touch, but he looks at it and sees he doesn't need to. I thought, don't stick in the mud. Shut! He's so excited though. I think it says a lot about Carl Shutt as a player because
2: some strikers they might have just stood and watched that ball go back, but he is motoring. He's predicted that Bob Booker is going to do this and has sprinted onto where this uh, this brilliant pass is going to be played for him. And yeah, he's. He absolutely. I mean, he, he played for Sheffield Wednesday for a long time. A lot of the the players in this fixture, it's not only the managers who are, are mates. I'm trying to remember if Simon Tracy was in the card school. They all play cards together with Mel Sterling and Imre Verardi. There's like a little Sheffield gang and um, I'm sure Carl Schutt's part of that. And you can see in his celebrations, he runs to the South stand boots a hoarding.
3: <laughs> Although he kind of pulls out of that, doesn't he? You can see he's about to twat it really hard and he goes, oh, it might hurt.
2: He just does a little tap the in the end. Is, it might be more that he might be fine. I might have to pay for this if I damage it. And then he does a big point over at where the Sheffield United fans are in the corner.
1: The kicking of the hoarding, if zero is not touching it and 10 is Tamuri Ketsbaya, what did he do? It's a one and a half at most. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the gesture
2: to the Sheffield United fans is probably the, the bigger one when he realises um and he's so far away from them as well he just it's like he points over and just goes, ha. And then back to celebrating with the Leeds fans. It's I will just, it's I will great. never
1: I will never sell any of you a holiday in my future career, which will probably be in the travel industry. It's just great that he has that in his mind of like I'm in the
2: middle of a celebration to just turn to the away fans and go,
1: ha. And say how he did. And two one, it finished to Leeds United. And a nice end, it's always nice when even there's not there's nothing really at stake now at this stage in the season, finishing with a home win. There's a nicer feeling to the lap of honour, isn't there, at the end when that happens.
3: And as well, that it's getting a bit warmer now, isn't it? You go to the game in a shirt, maybe, out in town afterwards. Good days. Go to Mr. Craig's? Yeah, why not? At this stage, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm like six, seven years old now, so... Yeah, you're probably not... Probably not going to bother. Give a
1: couple but... of years at least, yeah. Table then, uh, after this one, with only one game left to play. Everybody in the division has played 37 games, with the exception of Manchester United and Spurs, who presumably have to play one another... Arsenal are top. They've played 37 with 80 points. Liverpool also played 37. They've got 73 points. So that is it. The league title is over. Arsenal are the champions of Division 1. Palace are third on 66. We are fourth on 64 points. So we can still take third on the final uh, day of the season. So there's still something to play for. Presumably, you know, it's a good two, three million pounds worth of uh, prize money. That's that's how it works, isn't it? Not so much. Not
3: so much. I mean, credit to Arsenal. Lost one game all season. Ridiculous.
1: Behind us, then, uh, Manchester City are in fifth on 59, so they can't catch us. Manchester United still have six points to play for, so they can technically finish above us, but it would uh, you know, involve one of those kind of combinations of results on the final day and a goal difference swing that we don't need to go into here. And then Wimbledon in seventh on 55. Relegation settled for Derby. They are definitely down because they are on 24 points, but there's still plenty to play for. With only two teams going down, it's going to be either Sunderland or Luton on the final day because they have played the same number of games. They've got the same number of points, 34, and same goal difference with only four goals separating them. So still drama late in the season to be played for. Young Angus
3: Kinnear, absolutely living on his nerves for the next week.
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Well,
1: we spoke about full-time, and please stay off the pitch. We did. We did stay off the pitch for the the lap of honour, which was very civilised of us. Best behaved supporters in the land we are. Howard Wilkinson said before the game that uh, our supporters have been magnificent all through
2: and we owe it to them to finish the season as high as we possibly can. And so the players beat Sheffield United to contribute to that and the fans stayed off the pitch doing their bit. Everybody is very nice and friendly at Elland Road. It's what people um, have been saying for years. And we have new hooligan laws then. Are these specially United laws or are they for everybody? They'll be for everybody. Yeah, the, the government has plans for next season that... Um, Pitch invasions, had we been tempted to try any, um, will actually be against the law, along with throwing missile- missiles and the chanting of racialist or indecent abuse. How are we define an indecent? Do you want to test it? I you think got, it's got a I few chants in mind.
3: Yeah. I think it's something we can come to test in the next few you, years. You sing something, and we'll tell you whether we approve <laughs> or not. I'll have a think.
2: It's uh, <laughs> it's all part of um, because fences are coming down after the Taylor report. So um, how do you keep football fans off the pitch?
3: used to keep the bad words in, didn't it, the fence?
1: (laughs) Dropped off when they hit the mesh. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. So your fence is coming down, uh, which is good. Not something we've seen for for many years. Not something I don't think we would have necessarily forecast, let's say, you know, five, six years ago, when you think about what happened at, at Birmingham at the end of the season, when it just absolutely went insane. And the thinking on it is good
3: as well in that they're trying to treat people attending football matches as normal, civilised human beings, which have, is also quite a change, isn't
2: it? Have we got the uh, the recording of what Lord Morris, um, the uh, the Welsh peer, said in the House of Lords? <laughs> um, I think I've got the clip here. Hang on, Moscow. Just, Welsh, I'm just going to queue it up. From Cardiff.
3: Welsh tends to turn into Indian, which we must find a way by which we can treat people attending football matches as normal, civilised human beings. If any of you had to attend a performance at the Royal Opera House and had to view the stage through a wire mesh fence with barbed wire on top, you might justifiably feel you had cause for both complaint and resentment.
2: You can hear the, in the recording there, you could hear the uh, the laughter at what a ridiculous suggestion it was. Yes,
1: in the House of Lords there, yeah. Goodness me. I
2: mean, he was a lord, so he probably didn't sound Welsh at all. He probably sounded, oh, hello,
3: just because they all sound a bit like that, don't well, we? Well,
1: you had your shot and now you've done some racism so you've got to live with the consequences. Oh dear. Transfer speculation. Plenty of this going on as we head towards the close season. We're about to go into the market but are other people... Well, Graham
2: Souness was sniffing around our game with Sheffield United. He was there until midway through the second half. I think he, he probably decided at that point that Bob Booker is not the uh, the defender he needs for next season so, so went home. Rumours that it's David Batty he was watching He's been linked to Liverpool an awful lot this time last year after he'd uh, lost his place to Chris Kamara when we are going for the second division title. There was some rumours that we were going to swap Batty for Peter Beardsley and obviously the Peter Beardsley talk has never gone away. We do need some kind of centre-forward as a partner for Chapman, although Kyle Schutt may have played himself into contention. I don't know if David Batty has also played himself into uh, staying in the Leeds team or whether we'd be tempted to cash in. I mean, Liverpool did look good anyway and I do tend to think Batty instead of Molby
3: might be a more mobile option for them given the way he was playing. But let's keep him, eh?
1: I think David Batty, being a Leeds lad, he's just never going to leave, is he? He's destined to spend his whole career at Ellen Road. And that
2: hometown thing is part of the other main rumours of the week. Chris Fairclough being spoken about as constantly on the verge of uh, going back to Nottingham. But he's not having any of that speculation. He says he's, uh, he's been into Howard Wilkinson to tell him himself that there's nothing in it do a nottingham it, but, uh, accent i've heard the rumors frequently all, <laughs> I, all I know how to say in a nottingham accent is nottingham itself which is Nottingham. just
1: channel patrick bamford he's nottingham isn't he i mean
2: accentless that's the thing isn't it anyway that's not my department chris fairclough says that he's uh that the rumors are quite frankly getting on his nerves and he wants to make it clear there's no truth People have thrown everything at him that he doesn't like living in Leeds. His wife hasn't settled and wants to go back to Nottingham. That They both want to go back, but it's all absolute nonsense. I actually love playing for Leeds United at the moment. I'm enjoying my football. I enjoy uh, living in Leeds, and he's very pleased to be standing captain, regards it as an honour. And Mandy Fairclough has just had another baby as well.
1: You're not going to start moving, are you, when Jordan's just
2: been born? No. So Chris Verkluff going nowhere, David Batty, Graeme Souness can piss off and um, Gordon Strachan is the best player
1: in the country. I mean, why would anyone need to go anywhere else? You've got Harrogate just up the road, so Bettys is there, you've got the Yorkshire Dales on your doorstep. Everything's going on. It's all better than Newton, isn't it? What have you got there? You've got the Robin Hood experience, probably. <laughs> I um I went to the Robin Hood experience not so long ago, actually, in Sherwood Forest. Very disappointed to find it is just a walk through the trees. They do have caves in Nottingham. They're quite interesting. Did, quite, right in the middle of it as well. Do the outlaws live in any of those? Yeah, I think that's part of it. There's a tree there that's hollow. It's a hollow tree and they reckon that like some of the outlaws used to hide in that. That's the main attraction of Sherwood Forest is a hollow tree.
3: Most of what I know about Robin Hood and I suppose therefore Nottingham is based on that thing, that Disney one where they're all animals, which I'm not sure is going to be of much use.
1: Well, it's 1991, big summer blockbuster. Prince of Thieves, mm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is going to be coming out.
2: Maybe watching that will be enough for Chris Fairclough to decide, actually, I do want to go back to Nottingham after all. Well, it let's let's great.
1: hope it doesn't turn his head.
2: Poor
3: Jordan, poor Jordan, leave, leave him in Leeds, I say.
1: And from the uh, deputy standing captain to the overall club captain who has won stuff, Gordon Stracker. Well, I mean, we know that the PFA award that we mentioned earlier in the season, bollocks, isn't it? No one cares about that. Well,
2: it's voted for by footballers and they're thick, aren't they? What yeah. do they know?
1: whereas Gordon Strachan, Football Writers Association Player of the Year, we all know that football journalists are all stand-up guys and have got a lot of common sense and are not in any way swivel-eyed and or myopic.
3: Well, it's all the more impressive that a Leeds player has won it then, in that case, because we're not we're not exactly media darlings, are we? And to win it over Gazza and Stuart Pearce, who are, are both reasonably popular, aren't they? They were yeah. still in the the post-Italia 90 world where they, they're still national heroes. So for Gordon Strachan to win it by such a margin in a season where they're, they're also playing well is amazing and, and fo- well-deserved.
1: Yeah, and the fourth Leeds player to win it after Bobby Collins, Jack Charlton, Billy Bremner taking 39% of the votes, which is more than twice what Stuart Pearce got in second with Gaza in third. What did Wilco have to say? His award, so important to the club because it means we're starting
2: to make a bit of history ourselves. I want to create a new era of success at Leeds United. And I would love to see Gordon holding a major trophy in the future.
1: Let's hope so. That that's the a Zenith nice future. Data
2: systems. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he found out about it um, himself. Gordon's Rack, and he was in um, San Marino on international duty, so he's had quite the week because he also captained Scotland for the first time and scored a penalty. And he was saying in his uh, his column that it's only a a couple of years since him and um, I think it was Kenny Dalgleish and a couple of other sort of Scotland old boys were playing golf while there was a a Scotland international on and they all regard themselves as out of the picture. And now there he is back as captain and he's had a hell of a week.
1: Well, football's over in Leeds for this season. One more to go when we reconvene in a few days time. May the 11th, Nottingham Forest is the final game of the season where maybe we can go experience the Robin Hood thingy. We could go prance around in the trees and before that Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie comes out I think I'm going to go to the pictures tonight maybe watch Mermaids because that's what Cher is from isn't it it's from that soundtrack I was going to say we shouldn't
2: do anything too exciting in um, Nottingham because Chris Fairclough might not come back to Leeds
1: with us so I say we go there get the three points get the hell out just keep it all okay yeah. Hooters hasn't opened yet has it um, should we go find out see if six or seven year old you gets in <laughs> right we'll catch you in a few days time see you in a bit The match ball.